Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In My Heart, a podcast truly about all the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. My next guest, Julie Keller Callahan, is a longtime influencer and advocate in the world of wellness, so much so that she co-founded a media company that offers wellness content, clubs, events, and more to both consumers and industry professionals alike. Most recently, Julie turned a focus on female leadership, founding a successful women in leadership event and discussions that were both eye-opening and frustrating. She's the former editor-in-chief of American Spa. She was named a top woman in media as an industry trailblazer, and she's a recipient of iSpa's Innovate Award. And through her work as a seasoned journalist in spa, travel, health, fitness, wellness, and beauty, she's been published in everything you can imagine. We're going to talk wellness, and we're going to talk women. Julie Kellner Callahan is in my heart. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to be here. I'm very excited to have you on the show, not only because I have my own passions in wellness, but we definitely have a shared passion of women. And your passion, I'm going to say, kind of is specifically focused on women in wellness, but it just leaks into women, period. And women leadership in wellness is kind of what we're talking about. So let's just backtrack a little bit to talk a little bit more about you. So along with your work at Well-Defined, and I want to talk a little bit about that, you work as an executive recruiter, and you're also a marketing specialist, and you've been a consultant and strategist for numerous wellness brands. So you're, you know, the, you're the cat's ass when it comes to this stuff. And, and you know, people <laughs> are looking at you saying, okay, what's next in spa. But I wanted the reason why I wanted to talk about all that is because there's been a huge shift, right? From what I've been doing, I've been doing it for almost 10 years now. You've been doing it for a decade longer, probably two decades and plus, right? Sure. And when we started in the wellness industry, when you started in the wellness industry, just paint a little picture of what it was like and where it is today. So I'm going to give you a couple things that I want to give you the mic for a minute. 
what wellness was yesterday. What is what does it mean today? And what is that meaning for women? And that's kind of the three mixes that I want you to kick us off with. Sure. So, you know, I got into the wellness space. It's probably been about 20 years. And, and while there have been some really incredible things that have happened in wellness in that span, when I started, wellness was pretty much for wealthy white women. You know, I mean, and that's kind of the um, right the, the, as embarrassing and shameful as that is. It is. And, That's and the truth. you know, those are the people who could afford the treatments. Those are the yes. people who could afford to take the trips. Those are the people that had the the income to to dedicate to those kind of things. And I think there are some wonderful things that came out of the start of wellness because we've watched we've watched this industry grow spectacularly since then. And there's you know, it used to be women would go to a fat farm and get skinny for a week and come back. And that was, that was a wellness trip. And right you know, now there's just so much more to be said for wellness. I think, um, the word has become so much more mainstream. I, I prefer the word well-being over wellness, to be honest, because I think, um, you know, wellness has just become kind of a, a buzzword that, that doesn't really say anything. And I think wellness has evolved from this, you know, you're going to go away and get skinny and that's how you're going to be well to now, you know, wellness can mean your mental wellness, wellness can mean your financial wellness, wellness can mean, you know, how are you treating yourself so that you can be a better advocate for your life and your friends and your family. And, and I, I, we have so much further to go, but I hope that wellness is a little bit more democratized now and a little bit more available to a lot more people. So I think there have been some wonderful strides. I think we have so much further to go, but I think it, it has evolved massively in the last two decades. Since yeah. Yeah. It. So let, let's talk about that first. So, cause I want to push pause on where we're going to be going, but let's go back to why do you think it took people so long to catch on to well-being w- wellness and supporting your mind, body, spirit is, is much more acceptable in other countries and frankly covered by their medical systems than it is yes. here. So that, yes. that's, that is a speed bump, you know, that, that it relates to a lot of elements of health here. But I think that that's, there's a big difference here, particularly in the U S about, you know, the affordability of, of healthcare and wellness and all that that entails. It really is crazy. Okay. So, so back in the day when spas were for rich white women and usually people who had a, a weight problem, like the, you know, like I remember Pritikin being one of the first spas to open. That was like an unreachable for rich people that wanted to lose weight. Right. And so what was, what was the shift from that? Just tell me what you feel. Cause what you've been, you know, exercising in the industry, was it a desire? More people wanted it. You know, there was a, there was a market for it. And, and how did these newer new age spas, I'm going to be calling them, like, how did they start popping up? You know, I think it's a lot of different things. I think, I think one is um, self-care became much more acceptable for everyone and realized that that's a major part of, of health care. And so it, it started with, with vacation and I think travel and resorts and people were going on vacation and, you know, while vacation was fun and you could ski or go to the beach, people were realizing when I go away, I actually want to do something to help me re- relax. And that, yes. that's going to a spa, whether that's tapping into some interesting programming. And I think that smart resorts quickly realized like, oh, this is a huge untapped market of people that want to do this. And so they started offering programming. They started offering interesting culinary classes. They started offering spa treatments. And then it became much more widespread because it's not just the women. It's like, oh, I want to bring my husband. I want to bring my partner. I want to bring my kids. And it became, you know, and so it just, it slowly spread out, I think, in that, you know, on the on the hospitality and travel side of things, wellness became an important part of their business model, frankly. So, you know, I think that that's how that grew there. 
And then I think a lot of things happen. I think, you know, people were going home and realizing they want to take these experiences and make them part of their everyday lives. And so That's right. more affordable spas opened up where you could go and get a weekly massage that wasn't going to cost $450. You'd get one for $99 and you could still get the benefits of touch there. And yes. you could realize that, Hey, you know, I did yoga on my vacation. I really like this. And so they would go and they, you know, they would start taking yoga classes or start taking meditation. And, and it really just kind of grew from there. And I think more and more people just realize that making well-being a part of their lives was just enhancing it. And so that's that's how it has grown to where it is. Yeah, baby. I'm so glad I asked you that question because I do think it's so important for people to understand how things grow and how things open up and they open up wide for people. And the reason why I asked that question is was really pointed in that I want my listeners to know that it is no longer untouchable, that there no. are day spas that have workshops. This is about community. The spa industry, the well-being is about community, creating a community that is focused in on one goal, and that's making you the best you can be, right? And, and I, you know, there's so much now. I mean, it, online groups, Facebook groups. I know not everybody's on Facebook anymore, but Facebook groups have grown to be such a popular thing because it's ways to get people together to talk about things that they want to do and provide resources for each other. And then there's there's just a lot of resources out there for people. You know, you don't right. have to go to the spa to, to address your well being needs. Right. Yeah. There's mental wellness resources online now that you can get and tap into that are affordable. You can, uh, you know, you can join groups and you can. You know, there's there's more people who are interested in wellness coaching. And there's just a lot of, there's a lot more opportunity out, out there. Exactly. A lot, more, a lot more affordable opportunity for people. Yes. That being said, there's also a much more increased need to do some education before you do things, because I yes. think there's a million wellness coaches. And I think that there, that, that trend is great, but also how does one become a wellness coach? Yeah. Not all of that. Everybody's created equal. hundred percent, a hundred percent. What's your continuing education? How are you doing this? But I, but I also, I think this is a good segue into well-defined because you know, um, well-defined is a trusted resource and it's both trusted by industry professionals and, you know, and consumers like myself, um, and well-defined is giving, you know, a website to people to go and look at there's newsletters, there's a wellness book club, you know, you have a social media platform and this website. So that's the community that, and more things, but I just want to give people a little bit of an idea of what it is. So tell us about, cause you started to tell us like, obviously why you created it was the bigger the industry came, the more need there was for education, content, awareness, and, and the like, I want to segue also into the change in spa and the recognizing of people that they don't have to take their sand home in a bottle anymore to say, oh, here's my vacation. I remember it or come home as females. I'm going to twist it a little bit exhausted from vacation, you know, <laughs> which I think is a lot of time on the on the back of the, of the woman, you know, in the family situation. Not always, but a lot of time. Love so, time yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I feel like there's a women kind of like leadership purring underneath this, that we were, the spy industry was led by men, right? So when did women start to really fall into leadership roles? I mean, because you're yourself as a consultant, you as a journalist, when you started as a journalist and were writing out the spots, who were you interviewing? You know, and the women were the estheticians, right? Ha has a shift in leadership at the spa level of women being more involved also been a part of the change? You know, I think there's, there's a couple things in, in that. I think, yes, we're seeing many more women and frankly, probably the majority of people who are spa directors are women. So women have moved into that uh, level of leadership, which is wonderful. I think um, yes. 
I think for a lot of reasons, women are excellent leaders, but, you know, still at the hospitality level, the, the CFOs, the general managers, it, it, it's, it still skews more, more, more male than female. And I think that's yes. where there's a lot of opportunity in this yes. industry, because I think that there's some brilliant women who are ready to make that next step into jumping from being a spa director to a VP level of spas, to a GM of a hotel, to, you know, a COO, a CEO of a hospitality company. Those are still mostly positions held by men. And so I think mm. that there's, there's a huge opportunity for women. And I think we're, we're seeing more and more women go that way. Um, you know, I, I recruit also, and I, I've loved seeing some really talented, amazing female executives that are moving into that space and, and getting these, these really high profile jobs. With it, and I think it's wonderful. So it's, it's absolutely shifted. The women are not just um, the practitioners, but, you know, also women are incredibly nurturing and wonderful. And being a massage therapist or an esthetician, women are a wonderful fit for that because their yes. nurturing comes out and there's just so much benefit to touch. And I think there's yeah. wonderful men who are on that side of things too, but women are really good at that too. So I think it's nice to see that that is a career path for a lot of women as well, who might want to try something in wellness and who are, yeah. you know, so I think there's a lot, there's, there's interesting yeah. and wonderful opportunity for women in wellness in our space for sure. Yeah. I love that. And I mentioned that you were a recruiter because that, you know, you have seen all facets that you've been writing about it. You've gone, you've reported on it, you've traveled to places, you know, and, and, and now you're recruiting for these businesses. So I think that gives you a very, um, well-rounded look into the industry, but I want to move. I really do want to move into women in leadership, which is one of the, the, obviously I could talk spa all day long and I, and I do want people again to know that there are, and please go to well-defined. We'll talk about it at the end because that's where you're going to find, like, how do I, if I want to dip my toe in the water, if I really want to roll into this more, that's a great resource for them. But, you know, one of the things that I learned early on in my podcast from one of my guests, Petra Kolber was we teach what we need to learn. And so I love this opportunity for women who love spa have felt such a gain from nurturing that they've gotten when they've done self-care, when they've given into self and they've let, you know, someone else take care of them a little bit and opened up our hearts to our needs because it's not only just getting massage, like you said, it's workshops and that sort of thing. So people who love the spa industry or don't feel like they can touch it a way in is working in the industry. You know, it's a really great opportunity to kind of teach what you need to learn along the way. So I just wanted to bring that up because I do think that that's a, it's, it's a great opportunity for people to work in an industry. Listen, when you're a massage therapist, you give up yourself all day long. It's exhausting. It's draining. You have to go and recharge your batteries because you're giving to the other person your energy and, and it's, it, it's palpable, you know, for therapists. So you've got to be, but people that do it, they're nurturing and it feeds them feeds their souls to give that. So that's kind of part of our shared passion, but I want to move into women in leadership, which is truly a shared passion because I know as the chair of the global wellness Institute, you conducted a survey and I know of course, well-defined did their own successful women in leadership event in 2022. But I want to quote you because about this survey, you said about what you found were, quote unquote, the results of the survey are eye-opening, surprising, frustrating, and inspiring. We were thrilled to discover the longevity, empathetic leadership, and positive stress management skills demonstrated by female wellness leaders 
And among other great info, let's talk about this. Yep. Yeah, so we did a survey. Um, so the so I'm the chair of the Women in Leadership Initiative for the Global Wellness Summit, or sorry, the Global Wellness Institute. Yeah, and there's a group of us, and so we kind of reached out to our networks and we did this survey, and we just asked them about different things about being a leader in the industry. And there was a couple things that were really interesting. Almost half of our respondents had been with a company for 15 years or longer, and I think that kind of longevity is not something that happens today in business anywhere. And so the fact that female leaders lead with longevity, I think is really interesting and important. And I think for businesses that, and again, as a recruiter, I can tell you this, it's hard to find people. And if you can find somebody who wants to come and stay and make a difference in your organization, a woman is a great choice because, you know, I think that's an interesting way to go. Um, the other yeah, we have loyalty women. I mean, and right. maybe that's a part of it is inbred and it doesn't come from a great place because right. we knew maybe. where our food, yep. you know what I mean? But like where our, our bread was buttered, but I, I love that we're loyal. Women are loyal. And mm-hmm. so we stay at jobs longer. Well, and the thing that also came out of this study is, you know, female leaders, the, the things that really came out that mean about female leaders is, People are attracted to female leaders because they lead with integrity, vision, inspiration, heart. So, you know, female leaders tend to be more heart-based in their leadership. And that is really appealing to female and men to work for them. And I think that that's another thing that's really interesting that came out of this survey is that, you know, the female leaders that are the most successful are these heart-based leaders. And not that there's not a huge space for knowing how to read a P&L statement and doing all those things, but some of those things can be learned or farmed out. You can't replace integrity and empathy and all of those things that really create a, 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 a driven mission for a company. And so I think women bring that to the table too, which is amazing. And I think that that's something that we can do as women. And so that, that came out and, and I loved that as well. So I thought that was a really great stat. And then yes, lead with heart. Well, I mean, if, if we're going to get a little political again, I can say that's been a problem in this country. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> They're all, everybody's leading with ego, honey. Ego, baby. Say- Look at my fancy suit. <laughs> yeah. It's- right. Okay. This is Absolutely. my space suit and I'm in it and I'm going to fill the role that I am meant to fill in this suit. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about one of the things that I found as a female coming up, you have women supporting women and there's a lot of that, but there was also, and I think it's getting a lot better back in the day when women were climbing up these other's backs just to be counted, there was a lot of not so much support. We used to call it the queen bee. I don't know if that's a, t- a term that's used anymore, but queen bee female leadership where they would push the other down and never let anybody up, you know, on their throne. (laughs) Well, and that was one of the things that came out of the survey too, is that a lot of, a lot of the women we surveyed said that they've experienced not support from other women. And so I will say that in my career and in my life, I've had incredible support from women, but I've also experienced the lack of support from other women. And I Mm -hmm. think, I think it's changing. Um, I think it's because of scarcity. I think People in general, men, women, children, adults don't react well in scarcity situations. So when there's scarcity, people tend to to lash out and not um, not behave in, in in the service of others. Yeah, I, I, well, we're only giving a certain percent of jobs to women in leadership roles mm-hmm. at the time. Then they're going to scrap and scrape for those jobs, right? And I do but think that has changed. It, it's yeah, getting that, better. That but is I think getting everybody better. said, you know, many of the people that we surveyed said that they have have and are still experiencing that. So yes. I think that that's a place where we can work and we should mm-hmm. work because. 
in in the long run, it will only benefit others to to help and to grow and to expand. I mean, I, I read Michelle yeah. Obama's book, and she was saying, you know, as as you climb, reach back and pull somebody with you. And yes. I can't I can't agree with that more. And I think that that is something that is is so valuable. And that's why I do a lot of this stuff is to remind other women, you know, let's be here for each other. What can we do for each other? How can we help each other move up? Yeah. Because I think. That will raise all of us, no matter well, what. Well, it comes from, it's fear-based, right? So mm-hmm. women not helping and not supporting other women, you know, generally speaking, is a fear-based initiative, right? You know, if I give it away or if I support someone else, it's not going to be enough for me. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, some equity happening for women, hopefully we can calm down and really look out at the landscape and understand what you just said that better together. And, and so I, I love that. Let's talk about ageism in female leadership and ageism, generally speaking, for women, which tend to come and confront issues much more than men do. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh, I just learned this other statistic that I love, and I'm going to let you chew on this for a minute when we talk about ageism in leadership for females. So most women hit menopause around 50, 51 years old, and the average uh, life expectancy of women is about 80, 81 years old. So we spend half of our lives post-menopausal. Chew mm-hmm. on that for a second. We spend half of our lives post-menopausal, but yet ageism is an issue for women. Even yeah. Joe Biden, I feel so bad for the guy. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, he's it's the pinnacle years of his life. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, too, he's too damn old. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, so let's talk about it just generally speaking, but really specifically for women. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think ageism continues to be a problem. I mean, like everything we've talked about, it is getting better, but it is not solved and it is not, it is not over. You know, we we actually had a speaker at our conference who spoke at ageism and she just shared some quotes from some of the women that she'd interviewed. And it's just, it's subtle ageism that you don't even, you don't even realize it's coming. You know, they'll, they will have been talking to younger um, colleagues and they'll make a joke about, social media or something like just, it's like subtle jabs of ages. Of, yes. Yes. They're still gross and direct, you know? Yeah. Talk to my children. <laughs> you should hear the ages of coming from my children. Right. And but, I think I'm know, pretty hip, man. Yeah, it's subtle, <laughs> subtle jabs. And, and, you know, right. There's still that something that as men get older, they age like fine wine as women, we are handed a million solutions to look younger, be younger, yes. feel younger. Yes. And so I think be shamed um, for aging yeah, when it's the best thing that happens to us. <laughs> right. But the interesting thing about that is as you talk about menopause, I mean, something that I have seen that is spectacular is wellness addressing menopause has exploded in the last yes, two years. We did right. a story two years ago about um, menopausal skincare and about how you treat skin with going through menopause. And I found, I think three lines that specifically were made for women in menopause. Right. I probably get two press releases a day now about menopausal supplements, menopausal skincare, yes menopausal services, um, you know, ways to handle it. I think it's great because it is becoming so far into the forefront because it's true. You're, you have half your life where you were post-menopausal or frankly, 10 years before you have menopause, where you're going through all of the symptoms of perimenopause. And, yes. And, and the change is real. And, you know, so, women have silently suffered right. in a lot of things, not only talking about menopause and ageism, but also talking about compensation, right. And where we are when it comes to that glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, and, and the truth of the matter is it's, it's still not equal and it's, it's even mm-hmm. worse if you are a woman of color. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that is not getting better. I think, um, 
again, there are, there are slow moves to try and correct that, but it is still a significant difference um, in, in compensation for women at all levels of the market. And I think that is something, you know, that is something where I think women can be really a great resource for each other. And this is where we can mentor each other because I think that the best way to ensure fair equity is for everybody to talk about how much money they're making. And I know it's right. so awkward and women right. in particular don't like talking about money, the best thing you can do if you're interviewing for a job, talk to people who have that job, say, how much do you make? What's your bonus? What are your yes. benefits? Yes. And I think people are willing to talk about it once you get over that first level of discomfort, because that is the only way you're going to ensure, ensure fair compensation is if you know yeah. what everybody else is making. And so I think- And that what are the risks, right? Mm -hmm. What are the risks is that your, your ego, right? Your ego right. gets bruised because you're not making as much as the other person. And then what, what do we do? We start to feel it's our fault. We mm -hmm. lesser than, right? So if we take all the shaming of self-shaming out of the equation, which isn't easy, but just take it out. That's the way you have to start off. You got to step off the block of, I'm not going to shame myself. This is not about me. This is about a society's issues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and all I can do is open to use my voice to make change, to be change. Right. And this is again, where women and mentorship and groups and talking again, something women are really good at. This is where you can, you know, brainstorm with other women, you know, talk through, say, Hey, yes. I want to practice what I would say to my boss. When I go in there to ask for a raise, Hey, how did you get a raise? How did you, what did you say? What, what, what were the things that work? What were the things that don't? And this is where, this is where you grow. This is where you learn. This is where you enact changes. You talk to other women, you get resources, you get tips, you get ideas, and then you take those and you take those into your next job. You take those into your next negotiation. And, and this is where I do think women thrive beautifully because we are always very helpful to each other. And I think yes. this is great because this is where we, this is where the change can happen. Cause it's, it's not going to come down from a corporation saying, you know what, I'm going to make sure everybody's paid equally. I think that'd be a great plan. It's never going to happen that way. It mm -hmm. has to happen from the bottom up and for, mm -hmm. you know, pursuing what you earn and pursuing what you deserve and, and finding ways to get there. So I think that's where we yeah. Other. Yeah. I mean, I think eventually when knowledge is, is out there enough, when it's known enough, when it's common knowledge, then common sense has to come into play mm -hmm. because right now in the world, there's a lot of things that just commonsensically don't make any sense. Like from a common sense standpoint, you know, I was watching and I love sports. I'm an athlete myself. I love sports, but I'm kind of over it because the common sense in Heather Thompson says this is ridiculous. What we're paying these football teams, what we're paying these guys to throw balls across the field. When, what are we paying our educators? And I'm not saying it doesn't take a lot. I'm not taking anything away from players, nothing. It's just that the inequity is to me where common sense, it, it's hard for me to fan out. Like I used to, it just mm -hmm. doesn't, it just common sense has taken my love from the game away a little bit because there's so much inequity in it. Absolutely. And, and I hope that will happen, generally speaking, as the country opens, I, I call this the Windex era, because after the last, you know, really eight years of this country, you know, the Windex is out, everybody can see clean through the glass who their neighbor is, what people's opinions are and things like that. And as hard as that is for people, I do think it's a good thing. I think that these are inspiring times because like you said, when things are hidden, and you don't know, then you just don't know. But getting out there and talking about it and making a change. I remember when I was on the Real Houses of New York City and I got my, first, my contract, you know, the first year contract. 
they said when they were doing the contracts with us that there were ceilings, you know, a, a first where they had brackets of what a first year housewife could make and a second year housewife could make and a third year housewife. And, you know, they really gave a number, but there was some wiggle room for different people within this bracket of what they would pay first year, second year, third year, fourth year. And I always thought that there was, if they had done it more openly, there was something good in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this is, you know what you get going in, you know, there was this big, you know, a fallacy. Yeah. If you're on the show, if you last long enough to stay on the show for six years or something like that, yeah, you can start making a lot of money, but it's, it costs a lot to be on the show. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Also, but I, I just bring that up because I remember that, you know, equitable scale first years, get this second years, get that. And they didn't really hold to it. You know, like I said, there were ways that certain people could get more or whatever, but I think seeking mentorship, what you mentioned is really important, you know, going out and finding, whether it's in a human being or it's in a book, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? There's a lot of ways or a website, you know, like yours that you can find mentorship, you know, in, in those places and, and getting the word out there, the conversation, living alive, open and not uncut and not covered, but uncovered. I come, I think that's one of the most genius things you've said on the podcast because transparency is huge. And I think also, you know, and we're seeing more of this and I love it is, you know, depend on our male counterparts to help lift too. I mean, it's not just women supporting women and women advocating for women. It it, it takes having everyone advocate and it takes somebody who maybe is a man who has the same job says, Hey, you know what? This is what I'm making. Heads up. You should, I mean, and and we're seeing that happen and that's how we're seeing this equity happen because I think, most people want things to be fair for others. And I think that that, that, that is helpful too. And I think I should, I should give a huge shout out to the wonderful men who are making that happen because it's, yes, the the world is not, it's, it's not he versus she, because there's some wonderful men that are doing some great support for women. And so I think that's something that's great too. And I think that's something that has changed significantly as well. And I think I want to, I want to hang on to that for a second, because, you know, for the guys that are listening or, you know, the wives out there that hear or the girlfriends or whatever, or the sisters that hear their men and their lives feeling really jaded right now, especially white men. I'm just going to, mm-hmm. you know, call it like it is, you know, that, that they're feeling like the bad guys and they didn't, you know, do anything wrong. And it's just the equitable understanding that you're born with just more in your backpack than anybody else. You know, and, you know, there's just you got some tools in there that other people don't have. It's nothing, you know, just own it. You know, it's like white privilege. It's like you have to understand that something is baked in to history. Right. And the only way we can change it is to talk about it, uncover it and be uncomfortable and make mistakes. Hello. I'm a perfect example of that. You know, even when your, your intention is good, sometimes the impact is not at all what you expected it to be. So I do want to talk a little bit about that because I'm raising two kids, right? I've got two teenagers. One is a female, one is a male. I am raising them the same way as equitable human beings, you know, and it started with throwing like a girl. It started with some of the, and you're not going to erase that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Boys will be boys. Locker room talk will be, and girls will be girls. You know, it, it goes round and round. We can't be totally sensitive, but we have to be tuned in to how mm-hmm. our words matter and our actions matter. And, and that's why I love so much this podcast with you, because it really is giving women um, a face, a light, an idea, an, an aspect of what female leadership could look like in a world that we are automatically kind of good at. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. know, in the wellness. So that's why I love this mixture of it because I want people to get out there and, and, and focus on their well being. 
like you said, you know, get into your well-being, be attached to you, understand self, right? And then reach out to the community around you to help better yourself, bring yourself up, educate yourself, understand more, take risks, especially in today's job market. Can you talk as a recruiter right now, what opportunity there really are out there for women outside of, I want everybody to join the spy industry, but like, you know, and you're in it, but the opportunities are, are just grand everywhere. There's spectacular opportunity right now. I mean, I, I specialize more in hospitality and health, but, um, and wellness, but so even in hospitality, we're seeing senior living. I mean, that whole market has exploded. There's really cool opportunities in that space. There are, you know, hospitality is a great industry. I mean, you work really hard, but you can travel around the world. You can see, I mean, see different worlds. You can see different cultures. You can get the most exciting experiences. There's so many. Take a different perspective with you into senior living, right? Like a whole new idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, in medicine, you know, we're seeing, we, we represent a lot of functional medicine and that yes, right there doctors. is the coolest thing. I mean, I feel like that is the, the ultimate of all wellness right there, because it really is treating every part of your body from your yes. brain to your skin, to your insides. And, yes. you know, these, these medical facilities, you go there and you're not in and out in 15 minutes, you get an hour with your doctor and they do blood work and they test yes. you for all these different things that are beyond what you generally get tested for. And then you can have solutions that involve Yes, healthy eating, supplements, but maybe cryotherapy once a month. Trying right. different things. And, and these these functional facilities, I think the opportunity is going to be incredible there for the for the future. So whether you're an employee in a functional space, if you're in the medical field and you want to get into a functional space, I think that is going to be the future of medicine. I wish it was the future of um, insurance covered medicine. Well, I was going to say that has to be the unaffordable side of things. Yes. I do think that if enough people see the benefits of that type of medicine, the insurance companies are going to have to take that in because in the long run, they'll save money. I mean, they will save money by keeping people healthier. Yeah. Early see, that's on. the so misnomer I, I that in, yeah, it doesn't pay to be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So like most insurance companies for the listeners out there, I just want to back up and give a little bit of a definition of what functional medicine is. Cause not everybody knows what it is. And then second that, you know, most, in most cases, it doesn't pay to be healthy because insurance companies don't get paid when you're healthy. They only get paid when you're sick. And right. generally speaking, speaking doctors and our doctors here in the United States are trained to treat illness, not prevent it. Right. And so the big difference between functional medicine and today's Western medicine is, is that it's not a one size fits all treatment. So like if both Julie and I have migraines and we go to the doctor, the chances are we're going to come home with the same treatment. But functional medicine, because, you know, doctors today, they look at an overarching problem and they find one way to treat it. But functional doctors look at the individual and they don't look at the one problem. Oh, you have migraines. So this is how I'm going to treat it. It's like, what's the cause of the migraine? And my cause of migraines could be very different than Julie's cause of migraines. And that's what functional medicine does. It's not about treating the disease. It's about prevention. It's about preventing it the, the problem cause of what's going on with the your cause. body and solutions. And it's, 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 it's incredible. And I think that there's yeah. so, so many opportunities in that space for, for women and for everyone. I just think it's, it's a great space to be in right now. So function and, and tell people where they like a lot of these jobs are posted for, are they finding, are there wellness centers or there, you know, they, can they find these things on your website? Like, you know, where are these opportunities really out there for people to find? Where's the right place to be looking? 
You know, there's there's a, there's a lot of different places. I mean, there, there's so many resources online. You know, in the spa industry, there's the International Spa Association. They have a job board. Um, Hutchinson Consulting, which is my company that I work for, we have a really, um, really strong job board. In the functional space, the Institute for Functional Medicine, uh, they also have a job board there. And I, I will say this over and over again, some of these online groups, some of these Facebook groups, there's groups for everything. There's functional medicine groups where jobs will be posted. There are spa directors groups. There are um, you know, spa industry groups where you can really get in there and start talking to people and hearing what they what they are doing and what they need. And so I just, it takes just a little bit of, a little bit of digging, but their opportunity out there is incredible. And I really think it's, it's, it's a great time to get into hospitality, healthy and wellness for women. Listen, and you got it. And Julie's on your side, ladies. So listen up and men, you too. We need you too. We need you all there. And we need us working together in community to make us better because each individual person, the better we can be for ourselves, the better we are for each other around us and the more supportive we can be. Now, you have a lot of things you can hang your hat on and you hang your hat on women's leadership. And I love that. And you hang your hat on well-being, And I love that. But specifically, you took, I would say, a vein in the wellness industry uh, that's very popular right now in the well-being industry. And you hung your hat on it. And that's CBD. And I want to talk about that because you could talk about vitamin A and you could talk about, you know, all kinds of things that you found, you know what I mean? Adaptogens, whatever you want to talk about, but CBD became your trumpet call. So tell us why did it, was it something that worked for you? Was it specific to you? How did you become an ambassador for CBD? Yeah. So I, uh, when I was at American Spa Magazine, I was the editor there for about 15 years, probably, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, I just started seeing so much about it and reading so much about it and hearing so much about it. And so I went to my company and I said, I really think we should have a conference where people can learn about this and, and understand it. And so I was given the green light to do that. So I launched a CBD conference and it was, it was so interesting because we pulled in all sorts of really great scientists and formulators and all of these different people who came in and kind of shared the benefits of, of the cannabis plant, I, you know, all elements of it, not just CBD. And, and so I tried a lot. I did a lot. I, I realized for me, CBD and CBN is my sweet cocktail to make me sleep because yes. you know your body has this system and th- this plant is magical and the things that it can do are wonderful. And it's like anything in the wellness, there's a little bit of snake oil out there, but there are also some really great companies that, that really can help, you know, there's really great products that can help. And so that was something that was really interesting to me. Um, you know, I, it, it's funny, I'm not seeing it as much because I think that the the world is getting so big, particularly when it goes into psychedelics. I feel like that's where people are going with branding medicine is they're, they're now really diving into psychedelics, which is People also, are rubbing their bodies with CBD. They're just right. chewing down I mean, acid CBD, at this point, right? I'm a little bit more mainstream now. So more and more people yeah. are doing it. And so I yeah. think that that's, it's less of a, a novelty, and, but I think it's still very effective. But um, now sense. we're seeing the plant-based going into psychedelics. And I think that that, that is spectacular see what that's doing for people's mental wellness right now. And well, it's, you know, it's for me, it's a, it's a little bit of a sad story because, you know, we've been, uh, we got bumpers put on us as a society by our federal government. So, and again, fear-based, right. And my girlfriend tells me this all the time. Fear is false evidence appearing real. That's mm-hmm. what it is. You're just afraid of something that's not even real. Right. And so psychedelics became really scary for the government. And there was so much misinformation put out there about it. And so many people could have been helped 
through, you know, um, mushrooms and, you know, and, uh, what's, what is it called? Not LSD, um, psilocybin and psilocybin. Thank you. Is the word I was looking for. So psilocybin is what comes from a mushroom. And then LSD is a, uh, is a science-based, a lab kind of version of it. Um, but I, I mentioned that and CBD, because I do want to talk about sometimes the bumpers and the barriers that are put on things. And you, and you look at, so CBD and CBN, which Julie mentioned, Listeners, those are cannabinoids that are found within the hemp plant. So THC is also one of the other cannabinoids that is found there, but that has hallucinogenic effects or effects that make you high, where CBD and CBN don't, but they can tap into your other sensors that help you sleep and all that. So there's so much information out there. And that's, again, why Well Defined was started by Julie. But I want to talk about you know, cause you are a wellness brand consultant. So like, what are some of your favorite brands and like of all the things that you've looked at and gone through, like, what can you give our listeners some tips to kind of wade through the clutter mm-hmm. and the propaganda? You know, you sure. talked about the snake alls out there. So what are some of your favorite brands? And I know why you love them because I know that they're probably clean and good and all that stuff, but let's talk and they give back. Mm-hmm. They have a certain percentage of, uh, equitable, uh, employees. Sure. <laughs> tell me, tell yeah. me. It's funny because I, I try everything. You should see my office. It's just shelves and shelves of different things because I really do believe in, in trying things and, and believing what I write Me about and, and not yes. just offering things up. Um, right. You no, know, there's there's a few things that, I, that I've that i loved recently. Um, I just started doing, there's a nutrition brand called ELO, E-L-O, and they send you a, they, they do a blood prick and then they send yes. you supplements based on your blood. And then three yes. months later, you prick your finger again. And so I really love this kind of customization when it comes mm-hmm. to, anything really, but this is a supplement brand that I've used that I really have liked. One of my clients is a company called Aperture, and it's a clean lip care line. And it's so beautifully done. And she has these beautiful tools to kind of, um, you know, quartz crystals to help kind of massage the, the, the different products. She has serums and and all sorts of different elements to kind of help with lip care. And there's not a whole lot out there in the clean lip care space. And no, so I, I wrote that one down. I'm going to be buying that. Yeah, when I know she's getting it. And she also just, her, her, the way that she packages is so thoughtful. Like there's not a piece of plastic in anything she does. And, you know, so I, I really just like people who have a mission, who have a passion. I mean, that, yes. that really is the thing that, that always kind of gets me, um, that, that really does. It's, it's just, there's so many brands that I love that do those kind of things. I mean, there's, um, it's so funny. I'm trying to think, cause there's just, there's just a ton that I love. I love, um, that Zents is a brand that I love. They're out of Colorado. They have a really beautiful all natural brand seeing a lot. So of you do lean cool. toward the all natural product category. So in the wellness industry, obviously science has done a lot for us, but you know, mm-hmm. I really have found that, um, nature backed by science is what does the best for me. Is that what you have found generally speaking, or can I, you I not have, really generally? And, and the truth is there's, there's so many cool things going on with formulations right now that they really can make clean beauty yes. effective. And I think that yes. that is something that is very different from 20 years ago. I think you either got all the chemicals and really just jammed them on there and, and, and just burned those wrinkles away. Um, but now you don't really need to do that anymore because there's just so many cool things that are out there right now. I mean, like you can do um, vegetarian based squalene, like that ingredient normally comes from animals and sharks and kind of yes. really, not harvested well, but now you can get right. it from vegetables and the way that it improves your skin is beautiful. And, and it, yes, I have a squalene lip gloss I'm using mm-hmm. right now, actually a plant-based one. Cause my, yeah, you know, just, with this podcast, I get to right. see all the wrinkles I have on my mouth. 
you know, you can see, you know, now instead of sometimes retinol had been a really strong ingredient. Now there's just more natural versions of retinol. I mean, just all these things that really do make a difference for, yes. for skin and it's, yeah. coming from a plant-based or coming from a more naturally formulated way is it's, it's available now and it's effective, which is something that yeah. hasn't been in the past. And I that's mean. been a big shift in spa too, is moving into natural products and, you know, full body wellness and, you know, being in nature and forest bathing and all these fun, new things that we've heard that just weren't out there before. So and I you know, hope that have been around for a long time that maybe didn't realize we're so natural. They are. I mean, like Cavonia, yeah. that brand has been around forever. It's a beautiful line and it's really yes. natural, you know, yes. comfort zone there. There's just all these really great, gorgeous, natural lines that, you know, if you're still looking for a luxury experience, you can get them. If you're looking for an affordable experience, you can get them. I think, you know, that, that's the great thing right now. Yes. So, my, my, the, the, uh, my manufacturing partner, um, it's called windmill health products. They've been around since the early seventies, late sixties. And so they've mm -hmm. all there was windmill organic health, but they've always been organic. You right. know what I mean? They weren't, they weren't doing all the things that conventional food and farming is doing today. They always did stuck with, you know, like the old way, which is mm -hmm. now it should be called conventional, but it's backwards. But anyway, so, um, the last thing I want to ask is because you have this website and you've done all this stuff, you know, I, I maybe you could even do this, you know, do you have tip, tips or will you put something like this on well-defined uh, with women and, and men out there that are, uh, you know, thinking about maybe starting in the spa industry and the health and wellness and the hospitality industry, because it's like what you do. And I, I feel like on well-defined, it would be such a great resource for people. And it would tie into both places to help place people like right from that website. You know what I mean? Like you should put a job board up there. I was looking through the website. I was like, <laughs> it's something where, yeah, that's on, that's on the, on the list. And we do have kind of a, so when we started the site, we, we, cause we came from travel and spa, but we realized there's just so much more. So yeah. workplace wellness is actually a vertical on our site where we really yes. do that. And then we're actually looking at planning an event in fall 2023, where we bring in HR to decision makers to implement workplace wellness for people in their offices. Right. And so, um, so yes, you know, that, that, that that's is a, awesome. That's a, that's a huge part of, um, yes. Of I mean, yes. So, and that's because it's so important. And I, I just think there's so much out there and I love that you're doing that. I love, love, love that you're doing that. And obviously for anybody listening, that is a business owner, Julie and her team are available to come in and help your company do these types of things because it's important, you know, right now, a lot of people aren't coming back to work because it's not very attractive to go back to work and we need to make it attractive because without it, we will die. We need purpose. Right. And, and people can't just be sitting around. You know what I mean? And to have a more meaningful life at work. Yes. We all, I mean, it would be wonderful if everyone was independently wealthy and didn't have to work, but that's not the case, but people yeah. have to go back to work, but they want to go back to work in a way that makes sense. And for a lot right. of people, that's they don't true. want to just sit at a job right. that's just pushing paper anymore. They want to have passion. And I think, you know, one of the good things about the pandemic was waking people up that we got one life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Live it hard and, and wild and to the fullest and take risk and all that stuff, you know, meditate, be silent. You don't have to be on the go all the time. It's like, you know, all these things kind of into what it works for you is really the question now. Like, where do you find yourself in all that? Like, that's, I think a beautiful place that we can sit in right now. So the last thing I wanted to ask you 
is for, because you have started your own business and you've watched people and helped people build their own business. Can I just end with any tips you can share with my listeners out there, entrepreneurs out there when it comes to starting a business? And then of course that hard part is actually keeping it going and sustaining a business. So just in closing, any, any of your great insight on that? My best advice would be to work with people with integrity. I, my, my partners are people that I have known for 20 years. You know, I've worked with people who don't have a lot of integrity and I realize for my personal well-being and for the well-being of what I put out in the world, I need to work with people with integrity. I need to partner with people with integrity. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, I think again, finding yourself a resource, finding yourself a mentorship group, finding yourself like-minded people and actually people who are not like-minded who can talk you through and say, Hey, don't, this is what I wonder about this. I probably have had my best, um, thoughts and changes from people who disagreed with me or from yes, people who girl, that's where the conversation starts, right? Yeah. So I think, I think get yourself, surround yourself by like-minded people, but surround yourself by some people who are really, really different yes. because you will get the best results that way. And I think, um, and I think also just, um, work with empathy. And I think that that, that is another thing that's really valuable is, um, you know, my mom always, my mom was a nurse and she always had this sign on her desk that just said, you know, be kind always, you never know what other people are going through. And I do think that that is a really smart way to do business because it's, it's very easy to get angry. It's very easy to get offended. It's very easy to get frustrated, but if you can just kind of take a, take a beat and approach things with, with that kind of empathy in mind, yes. that will pay off forever because the people who are my clients and the people who I work with, they're people who I know that, that I work with integrity and I work with empathy. And I think those two things will always ensure the success of a business. Yes. My guru Ram Das tells me, and he learned it from his guru, love everyone and tell the truth. Live yep. by those two, live by those mm-hmm. two. Cause the truth is you don't love everyone, but no working to find a space that each human can have. You can have love in your heart for every human, even if they have different opinions or, um, you know, values and ethics, you know, there's always a commonality that we can find together. And Mm -hmm. I hope that we continue to do that in well-being, finding our well-being and in the spa industry and in the hospitality industry. And I just loved having you on so much. I thank you so much. Um, We have a very good mutual friend in common in Michael Tompkins, who I've also had as a guest on my podcast. So I so appreciate you, Julie Kellner Callahan. And for those people who don't know you and they're just finding out about you through the podcast, please tell them where they can find Well-Defined. Tell them where they can find you and all of that good stuff. Well, come to welldefined.com and you can sign up for our newsletters. You can join our book club. You can learn about our events. And if you are looking in the wellness space and you want some advice for your career, um, go to hutchinsonconsulting.com and reach out to me, reach out to Michael, who is, uh, you know, another partner with integrity. <laughs> As I yes. said, like I, I'm only working with people with integrity and he is one of them. And so, yes. you know, we are here and can be a resource for you too. So, so those are both ways you can get me and, and I'm happy to help. Awesome. Is there an Instagram or social that anybody should follow you at? Well-defined media. Okay. Well-defined media. Well, geez, Julie Kellner Callahan, thank you so much for being in my heart. I've had a great time talking to you and hopefully, you know, some people out there, women, we've given you some inspiration and men, we've also given you some inspiration because we're better together. I'd like to thank everyone. This is in my heart and I'm your host, Heather Thompson. I want to wish you all a beautiful and joyful holiday season, and I encourage everyone to truly take time in the moment this year. 
sharing gratitude, grace, and kindness with those you love. We'll be taking some time off for the holidays through January to rest in the boundless gifts in my heart has brought us. I've loved hearing from all of you, and I promise to keep you posted on all new roads ahead. You're always in my heart, and I'll be back with you soon. Stay tuned. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.